Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives right after important news. Today, we're going to talk about like three or four pieces of big important news. They all came out of Data Matrix trades on the TSX Venture Exchange on the stock symbol DM for our friends in the US under DTMXF and for our friends in Europe under D4G. With us, Marshall Gunter, CEO of the company. Uh, you guys know what they do, they got two great sides of business. Uh, the first side of the business is the artificial intelligence side, which is focused on social media detection and discovery of fake news, disinformation campaigns. Clients have included the Canadian federal government, uh, US, the U.S. Air Force, even Latte, the $2.6 billion South Korean multinational conglomerate. That side of the business is what gave birth to the other side, thanks to the company's security clearances that enabled them, when the government of Canada came calling, to start importing test kits selling and distributing them. And that's turned into a fantastic business as a second part. More than just lip service, the third quarter uh, were records. Recognized revenue there was 7.6, sorry, uh, $4.9 million for the third quarter, $7.6 million for the nine months ended 2020. Uh, hitting out of the park. Marshall, happy new year. Welcome back. Hey, George, glad to be on the show again. Hey, glad to have you. I mean, you know, you and I spoke in December doing a Europe roundup. That was great, you know, and here we are and you've put up one, two, three, four pieces of really great material news. So you've been busy. I don't think you took a break. Let's get to those, okay? Sir. Uh, first one, you announced that, and I'm reading the headline, you sold over 23,000 on-site on -site tests for the film industry uh, at locations in Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver. And that's going to bring about $4 million in top line uh, revenue to Q4. So that alone is almost matching Q3. How did this come about? Why did they select your on-site test as opposed to other, uh, other competitors? Well, this has been in the works for quite some time. Um, so we've been in talks with uh, production industry since last summer. Okay, before, you know, when the production industry was trying to figure out, you know, how are we going to open, you know, what are we going to do with the COVID crisis, et cetera. So we were in the talks very early with them. And the way we were able to get in touch is we, you know, we have contacts that have been working in that vertical for, you know, decades. And so it's all about, you know, making those connections and then, you know, getting the business going. So that's, that's how it started. But again, it's just like any other business. They're not going to jump in, you know, full force with a vendor that they don't know. Okay. So, you know, one of these productions, they'll give us, you know, one show, or maybe they'll give us two small shows. And then when we prove our metal there, then they say, okay, now we've got four more. So that's what we're seeing here is that, that growth factor, right? And that's continuing into Q1. So we're getting more and more shows from the different production companies as they see that we can execute, we can keep them on track and we can keep their businesses open. Well, that's a question I wanted to ask you. That's a question I wanted to ask you, which is film and production keeps going. So uh, yeah. do you expect this to be kind of repetitive? Like if I'm a film crew or a TV production crew, if I need a thousand test kits this month, I'm gonna need a thousand next month and a thousand next month. So do you see this kind of progressing and as you said, even growing month over month? Yeah, it is growing month over month. Wow. So it's definitely progressing. It's not a matter of seeing it doing, we're watching it. Like we're opening new shows, you know, as we speak, right? And so <clears throat> the way, you know, you asked a question, 
you know, why data metrics? Well, I think there's two key things. Uh, number one, we're able to adapt to their way of working because every one of these shows and, you know, whether it's TV shows, movies, whatever, they have a different way of working. And I'll give you some examples, like some shows like to go in and test from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. and be done and that's it. Right. right. Other shows, because of the way their scheduling works and things like that, have to, you know, start at eight and they have to trickle people through all day and can't be done until 6 p.m. Other shows, there's some shows that only work at night. Yeah, a lot of shows. Of the time, right? The shows that have like, uh, I don't know, the vampires and things like that, right? The 90% of the time they're shooting at night and they all have different systems set up. So we're able to go in and kind of get in there and just blend in. So we can do the COVID testing and we're not, we're not a problem. We're out of the way and we're adaptable. And the second thing is we guarantee results and they're getting them. And this is the biggest one is these industries, they, they need results within say, you know, next day because they have obligations to the Screen Actors Guild, to the Teamsters Union, et cetera. And, you know, when you're working with other people, they can't guarantee that we can do it. And then when they see that we, we can back that up, that's when they say, okay, now can you take these other shows and can you take a few more over here? Uh, and then they say, well, now we've got a show in Montreal. Would you like to, uh, what can you do about that? Or we've got one coming up in Calgary. Do you have an offering there? And so, you know, it just keeps expanding and expanding. Yeah. And that's the differentiator because you'd start off the answer originally with relationships. Relationships get you in the door, but at the end right. of the day, you got to win the business still. And that's, that's right. the way you win the business. That's what I was looking for. Cause I didn't know, cause I know there are other competitors out there. We know they're competitors Absolutely. And, and they must've been vying for this, but having that ability to deliver and having the ability to be flexible. Uh, no, th th that's, that's a business differentiator. Uh, we won't see until, you know, the financials come out, but generally speaking, uh, is that business decent margin? How do you see the margins on, on business like that? Oh yeah, they're great margins. And, you know, when we report our numbers, you'll see it. So you can even look at the Q3 numbers and you can see it. So um, the Q3, you know, record, record quarter for us. And it's the first time, you know, after a bit dub that we're in the black, like the first time. So that's just going to continue through Q4. And like I said, there's more stuff starting up now in Q1. Well, part of that is let's hop on to the next uh, press release that you put out. You're providing COVID-19 testing for Air Canada frontline and in-flight employees. So first of all, congratulations. Because when you're a small cap company that's able to land, you know, an agreement, contract, sales, sales agreement, with uh, one, of Canada, one of Canada's largest companies. That's no easy feat. So congratulations. Same question there. Uh, I'm going to have two questions for you. First of all, which is, uh, how, did, how did you win that one? And I'm assuming it's not the same as the film industry because they have a different set of needs. Where, where, whereas the film industry's schedule is completely unpredictable. If anything, airlines are completely predictable. So I want to find out the different reasons how you won there. And two, you know, could that lead to we know that we know that airlines are having a major problem with passengers are either stranded because they can't get COVID-19 tests to get back in the country or with these new regulations will need to have people tested uh, before, before they get on planes and wondering if Air Canada, if you guys are having discussions and maybe extend to that. So 
again, it's a very similar story. Um, as soon as all this started back in, you know, middle of the, well, not as soon as it started, but back in the middle of the summer, we were in touch with Air Canada as everybody's trying to figure out what to do. And the testing for their, their pilots and staff came about because they're running certain routes that are now requiring this for the pilots and stuff to enter the country. Like, so if you want to say fly to Hong Kong or you know, say Brazil or, you know, wherever they're going, they're requiring that these, these crew have a COVID test, you know, at least 24 hours before. So this brings us back to the ability to, to execute. We can get that done. Um, and it's, believe it or not, sometimes, um, you know, you'd think that this would be more predictable, but in some cases it's more hectic. And then give you some examples, you know, when the routes are going to run. Okay. That's fine. So that part's predictable, but then when, a guy gets tested or, or a pilot or somebody gets tested on a Wednesday, <laughs> supposed to leave Thursday morning. And then Wednesday night in the middle of the night, he's sick. And then Air Canada calls up and says, I need a pilot tested for a route by 9 a.m. <laughs> We've got to get in there and make it happen. Even if they're uh, in Hong Kong, like, do, are you talking we have a global network if the pilots? No, 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 not in Hong Kong, but like we, we only do it originating Ah, here. okay, got it, got it. We don't, we don't have a okay. place in Hong Kong, but there are these last minute needs that come in. So again, it's the ability to execute that really, uh, that really differentiates us in there. Um, and as far as expansion is concerned, you know, yeah, it, it very well could lead to some other things, but you know, as it does, you know, we'll be reporting this and we'll be putting it in the press. And you know, as soon as it's material, everybody will know. And we're just saying, you know, working with it and uh, we'll have to see how it unfolds as far I'm, as the testing is concerned. I'm gonna assume here, and this is my assumption, that these airlines are almost compelled to get a testing system down for their passengers. Otherwise, A, if I just can't get a test done, I just can't fly, black and white, period, right? Yeah, that's uh, what it's moving to. So there's a lot of work behind the scenes going towards you know setting those types of things up. Um, and like I said, as that materializes and becomes more concrete, we'll be putting news out about it. Um, okay. The thing is, uh, but you know, we're just now starting to see the world coalesce around this testing. So this is going to unfold. I think you'll see a rapid expansion of this worldwide, especially now as it's getting ready to be like vacation time for a lot of people, people wanting to go to say the Caribbean, people are wanting to go to, you know, Hawaii, Hawaii actually just put measures in place to allow people onto the Island using you know pcr testing before they leave i know that uh, paho the pan american health organization is in the process of putting their requirements together to open up all of the caribbean so you can have a, you know one test that'll cover you for the entire thing which will open up you know airlines it'll open up you know cruise ships as they dock between islands right you won't have to get tested every single island you know you can have one test and go through there as long as you're behaving um, but all this is going to unfold. And as it does, you know, we'll be ready. Well, you know, look, the proof's in the pudding, right? If you're already doing the air can of frontline and in-flight employees, I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's big third-party validation. So can't wait to see how that unfolds. You're also continuing to grow the business. You've got the, the, the company. You've got two other press releases. The first one is I really like this one, a binding letter of intent to acquire concierge medical consultant. Uh, and I'm going to read who they are for people at home, but this is what I like. They're a fully developed telehealth and urgent medical care platform. They launched in January 2018. 
and they're generating revenue right now through a direct-to-consumer subscription uh, subscription model, which is where I think the world is going. Uh, but they've all, that's also for homes and workplaces. So tell us about Concierge a little bit more and strategically, why are you making the acquisition? So <clears throat> we have worked with the people uh, that built Concierge throughout uh, the COVID uh, you know, epidemic right now to provide all kinds of different services behind the scenes. So you know, we knew them. And when they said that they're setting up a telehealth platform and then you know, we said, okay, that's good. So let's see how it goes. And then it, you know, it took off. Um, and we looked at that and we said, you know what, this is something that we'd been discussing behind the scenes for quite some time uh, is, you know, how, what does this part of the business look like and what does it look like going forward? But it also fits, you know, not just a strategic need, which I'll talk a little bit more about later. It fits a tactical need right now. And we're getting requests um, from a lot of our clients about, can we speak to medical personnel, you know, over, yeah. you know, over a Zoom call? Okay. Um, we actually get a lot of this from, say, out-of-country clients. So you, for instance, you talk about the production industry. Um, there's a lot of Americans that are here to do the productions we get a lot of requests for them can we you know can we see a doctor over a zoom call right so we've gotten a lot of those and up till now the answer was no we can't provide that service and now it is yes we can provide that service we're going to be able to do that give it you know take a look but more importantly you know in a long-term play we have a very good idea how this could be married and work with our artificial intelligence systems. Really? So, yeah. And we're going to be unfolding that more and more as it goes. But that's, you know, as you know, we it's our belief that as you know, medicine progresses, this is going to be more common, right? You know, people are not going to go to see their medical provider, you know, for a variety of issues. Okay. So if you're describing, you know, the flu or something like that, you can you know, if you've got a thermometer at your house, you, know, you can show the doctor, you can see them over the, the video call, and then they can you know, tell you what to do, maybe give you a prescription or whatever, and you never have to go to the, the clinic. But the telehealth industry is going to expand tremendously. You know, COVID is reshaping our society in ways that we can't, you know, nobody could have imagined you know, a year ago. But that coupled with our artificial intelligence is where we really want to see you know, see this go. This is more of a strategic play. Um, but again, it fits both needs, you know, so we can use it right now, right now. And going forward, we're going to see, you know, and we'll, we'll be sharing more of this as it becomes more concrete and, uh, and we start rolling it out. But we feel that this is going to be a very, very good um, marriage of tech and, you know, medicine as it goes forward. And that acquisition is, is expected close before the end of January. So you're not too far. Yeah subject to typical yep. due diligence. That's correct. I'm going to be really interested to learn. You, uh, look, because I've been around for so long, had hundreds of clients, I pr there pretty much isn't a business I don't understand, nor a business whose uh, inference and dominoes I don't understand. I'm going to be curious to hear how the artificial intelligence side of the business connects to the telehealth. Uh, I've already started thinking, is the artificial intelligence going to be used to monitor social media to know that there's a breakout of something going on in Calgary or in South Korea. And as a result, uh, you know, you push telehealth 
uh, uh, resources towards those places and let people know, hey, if you're not feeling great, here's what's happening. You might want to talk to one of our, our medical professionals over telehealth. Is that kind of where you might be going? Well, there's a, there's a number of different ways, but I mean, just as a validator, think about this. The militaries now are doing uh, remote surgeries using robotics, and this is already in the news. So a doctor in, say, New York can perform a surgery on a, somebody, you know, uh, somebody that's in the field in, say, Iran. This already exists, right? So it's moved beyond just telehealth. They're doing remote surgical procedures. But <clears throat> think about how efficient it could be. And this is just you know something that we're talking about. If you have an artificial intelligence system that can assist your medical staff in doing diagnosis and things like that, you know what kind of throughput could you get? What kind of um, you know how much faster would it be? You know if you call up, you describe your your symptoms, the then you know the AI takes it, they nail they nail it down, they present it to the medical professional, and they're able to you know diagnose it within a few minutes. You know this is. These are just some of the things that, you know, could be going forward. But there's, there, you know, we're, we're at the very precipice of this type of you know, marriage of these types of technologies. And you're going to see AI move into more and more and more of your life. I mean, it's inevitable. And so this is just, you know, we've got one foot in the medical side. We've got one foot in the AI side. There's no reason why we shouldn't be playing to both of those strengths. Well, the thesis at Agoracom is that, and we've, we've been saying this online for a couple of years, is that this decade will create more wealth from small cap disruptive tech companies than the last two, maybe the last three decades combined because you have the convergence of AI and, and 5G and IoT and all of these things, telehealth mm -hmm. uh, that, that, that are now affordable, granular. You know, so you saying that, yeah, I agree with that. When you say the marriage of artificial intelligence Absolutely. And that's what makes companies like Data Matrix so, uh, so exciting going forward. That's what we're looking for. Um, last question is, and this came out of nowhere. I actually wasn't aware of this, but Ronin Blockchain is a subsidiary of the company uh, that I wasn't aware of. And look, for good reason, right? Because you've had, you've, you've had, a, you, you've had a great business going. So that's just mm -hmm. the way it goes. But it's a it's a crypto mining uh, it's a cryptocurrency mining platform, and you're now going to be reviewing it. I guess you're, you know bring it back in, look at potentially bring it back into operation. What's the status of uh, of Ronin? How long do you think it'll take for you to make some kind of a determination as to whether um, you know you bring it back to life? Well, it's not necessarily whether or not we bring it back to life. Let me just tell you what we're doing. So with Ronin, you know, prior, prior to, um, you know, me being on board, the company took about an $11 million write down. Okay. And it's still there, right? So it's just sitting there doing nothing, but being a very large black spot on the books. Right. So what I've done is we've created a committee to look at what can be done with Ronin. You know, what are the options? And the reason we did it this way is, you know, I wanted the committee to take that and run with it because the people on the ground, you know, running the, the company day to day, we need to stay focused on you know, our business, our main businesses, our artificial intelligence yeah, business, no, so much you can focused do. on the COVID business. Both of these are moving forward at light speed. And they were, you know, we do not want to disrupt that. 
So this is an opportunity for us to, you know, re-examine that, figure out what we can do with it, and, you know, to get that black mark off our books and, you know, move things from there from the red to the black. I mean, it, and really just maximize the return for shareholders. So, you know, let's get rid of that write down. It's not necessarily, hey, we're going to turn it on or, hey, we're going to reboot it or, hey, we're going to do this. It's, Create the committee, examine the options, present the options to executive you know, staff, and then we'll look at what we can do you know, with this asset as we sit in here. Instead of being a drag on the company, can it be something else? That's just the play. Um, it's an examination period. It's something we're going to have to deal with at some point, so we might as well do it now. We've got the committee that's willing to do it. And again, it will, you know, to do it without distracting our focus. Yeah, that's so important. So it's all about, you know, it's all about maximizing return on value to our shareholders, right? So let's see what we can do with it. Um, we'll get some good options on the table and then we'll move forward. Let me ask you just 30 seconds about the tech behind the mining because there are some cryptocurrency miners that have fantastic tech and they're able to really generate great, great revenue and a margin out of it. And some cryptocurrency mining, you know, they're just struggling along, you know, exchanging four quarters, uh, for a dollar at the end of the day. Now, given the technology prowess of data matrix of you guys, I'm going to presume that uh, you've got great, uh, you've got great software in there, but can you give us just an indication of, you know, how, how competitive that, uh, that platform may be? Well, at this point, the question is going to be not how competitive the platform is going to be as it exists. The question we asked, uh, that I asked of the committee, specifically regarding this, because again, this one predates me a little bit, right? Is how competitive, how competitive could that be given where we are now and the technical chops that we have on the team? So that's one of the things they're going to have to assess. Um, and once they have that assessment, you know, that'll go in as, you know, possibly an option. Who knows? If they come back and say it's non-competitive, then it's not an option, right? But right. we'll see as the committee rolls through this and as they, you know, do some investigation into it. Um, we'll have more to say about it. But again, you know, I just, you know, we've got to do something with it. Let's get that black mark off our books. Let's, you know, maximize the return value to shareholders and let's do it in a way that's non-disruptive to our core businesses right now. And that's exactly what we're doing. Uh, Marshall, every time we speak, uh, you've accomplished amazing things every time we speak. Last time we spoke, you had that record Q3. That was a big part of it. And now, you know, you sold 23,000 on-site tests of film industry. You're providing testing for Air Canada frontline and in-flight employees, uh, a binding LOI to acquire concierge medical. Congratulations on how fast you keep moving this company forward. And, uh, and I can't wait to have you on again, but I'm going to leave last word to you to talk to shareholders about, you know, whatever you want to end off with. Well, I just want to say thanks to everybody for sticking it out for a year. I mean, it's been rough. I think the first interview I did with you, George, we were, I think, at a penny and a half. Yeah, there was a penny and a half. <laughs> and, you know, there was um, there was a lot of work to do. And so now we're up, you know, 17 cents or so, something like that. Uh, so and we're in a much better financial position. Um, so for everybody that stuck it out, for everybody that believed in us, I just wanted to say thanks. And we're going to continue to work on your behalf and try and do great things. And I think I speak on behalf of shareholders, Marshall, when I say, A, you're welcome. B, 
it has been that hard to stick it out given the kind of news you've been delivering uh, since the since the start of 2020 uh, when you and I first kind of started together. You, you guys as a team and you obviously as the tip of the spear just keep pushing the company along with 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 great results. Q3 is a record. Q4, I don't know if it's going to be a record yet, but just on the just on the film and ind- the film and TV uh, COVID test that you sold, that's four million dollars revenue on its own, and Q3 is four point nine. So you know, I'm assuming most likely you're going to beat it, and even if you don't, that's still a fantastic you know range to be in. So thanks for everything you've done for the shareholders, and can't wait to see what the next month brings out of this company, let alone the next year. All right. Thanks for having me again, George. For everyone at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast, either on Spotify, Google, Apple, or your favorite podcast uh, platform to Marshall Gunter, CEO of Data Matrix, Data Matrix AI. I got to make sure I don't leave that part out because it's so important. Trades on the TSX Venture Exchange on the stock symbol DM. For friends in the U.S., DTMXF and for friends in Europe, D4G. Uh, the rest of this, guys, the due diligence is now up to you. We know for those of you new, who are new, and, and that's going to be a lot of you because the, the story keeps growing and keeps spreading. Uh, here's how you do your due diligence. Get to Agoracom. Take a look at the profile page there. We've got this all neatly laid out for you so you can really wrap your mind around what the company's doing because uh, they are doing amazing things. The second thing is if you're new to the story, uh, go into the broadcast center of Agoracom. Same thing. Just search for the company's name or stock symbol and watch at least the last three interviews that we've done uh, with Marshall, if not more, if you've got time to watch or while you're walking, while you're driving, listening. Look, we have a lot of time with these lockdowns. So do your due diligence uh, because the company just keeps moving forward and we want to make sure you've done your due diligence so you don't say one day that we didn't tell you so. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. See you next time.